one of the most disappointing things that that really bothers me as I'm rolling off is that did we really put forth great policy to position neighbors to be in the in a better situation as this city keeps growing? And I know the answer to that. And I swear to God, pot bless Nashville. When you see something that is not right, not fair, not just, you have to do something. Welcome to PBN. My name is Braden Gall. I'm Jamie Holland. And with us in studio, District 28 council person and... Uh, council member. Council member, sorry. Taneka Vircher <laughs> joining us here in studio. Thank you so much for coming in. Oh, thank you for having me. So we're going to discuss a lot of things on the show today. You really were going to talk about the city council. You currently represent District 28, of course. And I, I just want to get started with the state of the body and, and sort of your opinion of it when you got in in 2015 and how you feel like it is now. And we'll get into what that means for what people are voting on moving forward. But just in your opinion, what is the state of Nashville Metro City Council? Well, right now is 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 really all all over the place. Um, we can I can see you know a lack of of engagement, um, especially in these upcoming elections. But I want to go back from when when I was first elected. Um, I'm neighborhood made. Um, really didn't plan on running for for metro council. Actually. When I was going to run, I um, pulled papers to run for, for school board. Um, was a newbie, um, didn't qualify to be on the ballot. Neighborhood told me, hey, you, you should fit here. So I, I pulled papers and, and ran. My, my first stint um, lost, stayed involved, ran again, and, and, won, and won that seat. I make that point because I always prided myself on being the voice of, of the actual neighbors. I do have my own opinions, but I, I pride myself on really just being that voice um, for, for our area that's felt like they really haven't had a voice in this much larger this city that we have. Under-resourced, um, schools in, in, in despair. Southeast is really, it's a unique creature. You know, so when you add um, my term, three mayors and four years, that's just part of it. A council district turnover. In addition to that, you know, one of our colleagues passed away. Several council members have an open heart surgery. It's just been um, a really strange eight years for me. And I felt like we really haven't been able to get our footing so that we could properly govern the city that's continuing to grow. Like the, whatever shit we got going on as a body, department heads are still gonna do what they're gonna do. Developers are still gonna come in. But I think one of my, my disappointing, probably one of the most disappointing things that, that really bothers me as I'm rolling off is that did we really put forth great policy to position neighbors to be in, the, in a better situation as this city keeps growing. And I know the answer to that. I mean, it's fuck no. I mean, when you, when, you, when you peel back the layers of the onion, what have we really legislatively, and I'm not talking about that, the, the foo-foo stuff, right? I'm, I'm talking about that, the, the, that policy that my neighbors can actually feel and see and it, it sparks a vote of confidence for them in, in their government. Right now, we, we, don't, we don't have that. You know, when, when I'm out talking to neighbors, they're like, fuck these elections. You know, they're going to get the same thing that they've always gotten, which is the, the, bare, the bare minimum. So I think not just government, but, but all of us that have a platform, we have a huge role to kind of continue to, to cultivate that, that, civic, that civic engagement and why their government should be working better for them. So what, 
we're obviously going into an election. A lot of districts, some of them are unopposed, but some of them are up, 12. For, up for grabs. I know, 12. So with that in mind, with that exact frame of reference, how should then voters in any district that's got options, how should they then be approaching the choices? Like what's, what's the right thing for a voter to go do with everything that you just said, like right in mind? Ask questions. Um, one of the challenges that neighbors are going to face is that a lot of these candidates, they don't have the resources to reach the voter. So, you know, when when the news starts amplifying these elections and the light bulb comes comes on to a household, hey, I need to go vote in this election, you know, I, I hate to say it, but it happens. They're going to go in there and just and just click a button. And that's that's really bad for just for community, community as a whole. Like we're we're just not more. We're not intentional enough about what we want our communities to look like. And we're not intentional about what we want our leaders to look like, too. So, you know, sometimes, you know, this this throwing the ball, throwing shit up on the wall and seeing what sticks, it's, it's, it's not working. And it's and it hurts communities such as mine. That's that's very diverse. And I'm not talking about District 28 because I've done a, a kick ass job, but I'm just talking about the, the quadrant as as a whole. And you see that morph into into other quadrants. You have people that's being elected, they just don't know what they're talking about. And it, it serves, it hurts the community because when you're trying to educate um, the community, but you have, you know, an, an elected leader for whatever reason, um, not providing accurate information, opinions and their feelings, that doesn't, it, it doesn't, it doesn't serve the community well. Your first election, you mentioned you challenged an incumbent. I did. I know him. I'm not going to say his name. (laughs) You had a piece of mail out there from Carl Dean. I think he loves me now. (laughs) But we're seeing some other incumbents be challenged. And that challenger is being supported by incumbents who are automatically reelected either because they don't have an opponent or they have a very weak opponent that they're not worried about. What does that tell you about the relationships amongst your colleagues? It's fractured. Um, I see it as a, a lack of integrity too. Um, you know, as a Navy vet, we, we, we have, looking at your lawyer's creed, we, you know, we kind of have a creed where you support, you support your shipmate. And we're, I see that being fractured with, with the council. I, I can't recall ever seeing a sitting colleague support their colleague that they're serving with currently opponent. Like, so this is, it just shows like just the, the, the shit and the lack of dynamic for, for, for the body. And it's not going to serve the, serve the community well either, Jamie. Like it is really disheartening to see when you're supposed to be part of this great, this great body, regardless of, of ideals. But at some point you have to say, you know, maybe I sit this one out and and let the chips fall where they may fall because I am still part of this body and this colleague is still part of this body too. It just shows that the, the body is really, really fractured and, um, you know. When I was on... Like, did you ever see this? Have you ever seen it? Never have. One thing that... And you're talking specifically just about actively trying to re- get somebody else elected is what you're talking. You oh, God. Gone out and recruit their opponent. Right. And knocking doors and right. social media blitz and, and mailers and phone calls. They, they're, doing, they're all in for the opponent. You know, back in 2010, 2011, I've, I voted against the convention center. Um uh, Bruce Stanley, RIP, he was the 10th vote against it. And he had an episode, and we had to take him out prior to the vote. But thereafter, 
we had to vote on a hundred million dollar TIF deal for the Omni. And as far as bad deals go, that was probably one of the worst. But I and some of the other nine people that voted against it voted yes on the TIF deal. Not because we liked it, we thought it was a good deal, but in order to back that convention center that we lost on, we had to hold our nose and vote for it. So governing. Why are we now have a certain segment of the council that refuses to hold its nose and vote for it, even though they don't have the majority? What happened? I think they just don't do it because they see that they are much larger than the body and um, uh, many don't operate with, with a collective voice. Again, going back to what you're saying, just, 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 just governance. The, the other part of it is that we can't shy away from this. It's a lot of people, a lot of organizations that's the puppet masters um, uh, for, some, for some members. And I believe a, a lot of that comes from, from the master. Outside of launching a, a podcast here to talk about this stuff, we have, you know, there's, there's issues on social media that, that, you know, we don't have to even spend any time on. There is distrust state, local. There's now distrust inside the council body. There is fractured voting electorate, like everywhere we look, right? It's, it's on, it's on every part of the, the equation. Uh, how do we go? And even the system to your point about why people are making decisions is driven by funding resources, money, et cetera. That's not a, that's, that's not even a, a national problem. That's national politics. That's right, everything. Right, right. So what, what are the right questions? What are the right, what am I supposed to ask? How are we supposed to approach it on a foundational level to even begin to teach people that they have to hold their nose or I may disagree with you on 80% of what you're saying, but on this one thing we agree and therefore we need to work together on that. Like how, how do we start to rebuild that process? Jamie, Jamie, Jamie brought up probably one of the, the best examples, right? No one wants to, to, to hold, to hold their nose. I think it's, um, it's a sign of maturity um, I think it's also a sign of not fully understanding governing, right? You know, in, in a 40-member in a body, it's, it's going to be really, really difficult to have everyone agree on, on everything. N- not only that, when you when you're holding your nose or when you you're 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 casting your vote you're you're doing that with the best information that you have at at hand and and i truly believe that uh, I, I truly believe that they think they're really doing the best thing for for the city but on the other hand not not realizing like what you're doing to the entire to the entire eco ecosystem, like this thing only works. This wheel only stays on on its track if the neighbors can trust us, if yeah. the business community can trust us, if the state can trust us, and and so forth. When when we have members that um, put themselves in a position knowing how they're going to vote. And I want you to hear me on this. Knowing how they're going to vote, but they, they sit in those other rooms to, to stack their chips, to sabotage deals. And these deals don't just, don't just happen o- overnight. And, and I probably shouldn't say deals because I don't want nobody thinking that this stuff is happening um, in, in the background. It doesn't happen like that. As council members... If you approach the, the mayor's office and inquire about what's coming down the pipe, who, who you're talking with, what are you talking about, they provide that, that information to you. So I've never subscribed to, I, I didn't know. <laughs> Maybe I didn't ask, yeah, but I don't yeah, subscribe yeah, right. to, it's your job I to don't know. know. It's, it's my job to know right. when my community wants me, wants me to know. But, you know, just to, just to know, just to know, 
to, to take that back to my camp, to see how my camp can benefit from, from um, these conversations. It's just outright, outright wrong and just outright bad for government. I want to ask both of you guys this. If you took, hypothetically, the, this 40-person this body and you removed all their titles, there's, they're not elected anymore. Because I have a theory that we're all way more similar than like whatever it, we look like on social media or whatever we look like in the voting chamber or what I think we're all so much more similar in our basic needs, values, priorities, whatever, uh, regardless of you know where you're from. If you put those 40 people and took away their titles and they weren't elected, would they all be much closer in agreement on things? Do you think it's totally hypothetical here? That's does that make does that question make sense? It it does. Do we oh, still oh, have no. do oh, we still oh. have the structure that we have though? No, no. It's just forty of you, forty the same forty people, but no y'all, mayor. But, but y'all are n- n- <laughs> <laughs> no vice mayor, nothing. The forty of y'all are sitting at a, a dinner somewhere, and you have the exact same question come up that you'll be voting on. Do you see what I'm saying? Are, are you saying that the fact that you are elected and in a certain role that makes you certain? give you certain positions or certain and maybe that's statements that you feel like you have to say some turf you have to defend I, yeah I'm, I'm trying to get to the root of i think we're all I'm, maybe my theory is totally wrong like y'all tell me if you think i'm crazy i i think we are all so much more alike than what it looks like than what it appears to be and maybe the council is not a good example of this maybe the voting electorate is where we are far more alike but we're not being represented in that council district is that maybe that's a better way to ask the question maybe 40 microphones i'm getting to that question i'm getting to that question Hang on, y'all. I, was, I was i was setting y'all up for the next question which is should it be 20 but just just <laughs> oh i love this one well i i think for sure that if they were outside the chamber there could be more agreement reached. Generally speaking, I favor more legislative power than executive power because I think those the legislative branch is closer to the citizens or residents that they represent than any mayor is. And so I, I would like, historically have been, give them more power, but the way this current council has operated I'm not really wanting to do that. So I'm conflicted on the question as a whole. So I'm like, Jamie, I will. I think it's, that's how government should work, right? Like you're, you're legislative. We are, we are the boots on the grounds. You know, we, we have the community meetings. We take the phone calls. We, we get all the complaints. Um, We're really, that first um, line of contact, you know, outside it being emergencies, that first line of contact for, for, for the citizen. I say that to say with legislative authority, you have to know your role. And the other part of that too, can you be trusted with that role? So notice I didn't say power. I'm saying I'm saying a role right. and I'm, I'm using that intentional because we still got to work with the, the executive side. We still have to work with the judicial side. We still have to work with community. Where we are now is the elected position, the elected title. I don't want to say it's being weaponized, but it's being... Um, it's being misused. Like as, you know, as a council member, and I really feel this with my heart, it's, it's to hear all the voices and, and all the concerns and where we can work together. We work together where I need to hold my nose because I've done that, where I need to hold my nose because at the end of the day, it's going to be better for the city. Not now. Like, we're not leading for this moment now. We're right. not legislating for this moment now. It's 10, 15, 20 years from now. And Jamie gave the example earlier about, you know, about, about that deal. What was, was happening, 
the lack of institutional knowledge really stifles governance too. So when you're elected, you come in and you think you have this this great idea and you want to do this, not not knowing that shit. Jamie Holland did that. He was the, he was the first to do that. <laughs> you talking about you want to recall someone? Shit, you don't you don't even know the process. Like and and then you know like there so you go that, making them building up the ego. Over no, there. no, no, I'm I'm serious. Like this is this is the dynamic that that we have, and I don't. I don't really fully understand how we we got here. Oh, to, I want you, I want to you guys po- to answer that question. To, to the point of making the legislative branch stronger, the, the, there's a corollary or counter to that as well, and that is the executive branch is responsible for the you know the enforcement of laws, and the department heads and the various departments are part of that enforcement of the law situation. And what is bogging things down is all of a sudden now you're elected district council member. Well, that also means you think now that you can go boss around the various department heads, zoning administrator, somebody in uh, somebody at the water department. It's like now all of a sudden the rank and file and the department heads are now having to respond. They don't have one boss. They've got 41 bosses. And that creates dysfunction inside the executive branch. Chaos. Used to (laughs) constituent services, hey, trash, my trash didn't get picked up. Uh, There's a pothole over here. We need a stop sign over here. Somebody is illegally dumped over here. Used to, all those emails or phone calls went to the district council member. You're the first, if they know you or they know about the, local form of government we have you're the first point of contact now we have what's called the hub and they tell everybody hey just report that to the hub take me out of that process because a successful council member is determined by how well you do constituent services responding to those phone calls responding to those emails i guess now social media it wasn't a big thing 10 or 12 years ago but if you're doing that you're going to get reelected. Doesn't matter if you voted for the Titan Stadium deal, you voted for a tax increase. If you're responding to your constituents' concerns, you will get reelected. Other side of that coin, you don't do those things, your ass is getting bounced or recalled. That's the way it's supposed to work. So the, the hub has take it, eroded that, so that's disconnected the district council member from the constituents which has created the distrust that we're talking about. Like, hey, I don't even need them anymore. Who are they? Well, nobody's talked. Like, Council District 24 has normally been one of the hottest contested district council races in the city at least every eight years. Now, there's not even a challenger in that race. I'm saying that now, most people, that job is viewed as HOA or Neighborhood Association President. Oh, praise the Lord, we got somebody. I don't have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what's going on? I have no idea. The the brand has been is eroding. And you're going to know if y'all get any complaints from certain people that 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 I'm that I'm stepping on some toes. So if you get any of those calls, they're the issue. <laughs> Rate, review, because subscribe. If, yeah, because if none of this, if not, if you if you know this isn't you, what I'm saying don't even don't even bother you. The the brand is is eroding. I can think back, um, just looking at uh, the attire of of colleagues. Um, you, you don't have to come in and in your in your prom attire, but you definitely don't come in with cut off t shirt, shorts, and flip flops. So I, I think we've lost um, the, the, the brand of, of the body and um, just not realizing that everyone is always watching. There, there's, never, there's never a day off when, when you step into, that, step into that chamber. And I, I would like to think that you would want to, to set a high standard for, for the chamber. Like I see it as as the chamber 
You don't, I mean, just, just come in with your, your best presentation. And, and we've lost a lot of that. Who's leading? Who's leading this body? You tell Twi- me. Twitter. Um, well, say that in jest, I, but I would I, say that's 100% true. I, I'm not kidding. Twitter is leading the conversation inside the city council. Tw- Twitter's been leading our national media conversation for seven years. Maybe longer. I mean, it's it's the assignment desk for editors of newspapers now. Like, and that's not even a shot at Gannett and the Tennessean, but like, oh, that's, wow. but that's what it is. Like, it, it, whatever's hot, whatever's trending, whatever's social, whatever's getting the clicks, that's what people want to talk about. Now, there's a there's a really complicated debate within that though, which is that it's not just it's chicken or the egg there too. It's it's if that's what everybody cares about and that's what everybody's engaged with, that's what they're going to get fed, right? So it's not just as simple as just turn off the faucet and all of a sudden people go back to having respect and being a certain way. It's not that easy. Like it's, it's, I'm not, I agree with both you guys and I, I'm on your team here on this one, but it's not as, there's a reason outrage pays, right? Like there's a reason it pays is people keep food, feeding it to them. And so then they, hopefully the whole point of starting this show is that we get to have a place where we can have these kind of conversations and disagree and, try to find a solution to the problem instead of just yelling at each other. I'll get to a, what some would say a minor issue, but it's a pet peeve of mine. It's when a council member that's been there three, four hour and second term, seven or eight years. And they stand up on their bill and they said, you know, move approval with a brief comment. Ah, well, you got to have a committee report. And it's like, you've been there four plus years and you don't know the process of passing a bill know the fucking rules <laughs> what are you doing here know the fucking rules that leads to a question what percentage <laughs> of the body do you think knows the fucking rules maybe four <laughs> <laughs> percent i'm doing the math in my that's not a good number <laughs> and y'all keep fucking changing them yeah. Like even last agenda got a rule change. You got three fucking meetings left. Why are you changing the rule? Get the rule down. Know what it is and treat changes to the rules is like, whoa, we're really going to think about this. Why are we fucking changing the rule right now? Set up the rule of procedure. Know what it takes to pass a fucking bill. No, no notes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the. The, the lawyer there over there. So here's the question for both of you guys. Because I'll, I'll interject. And Ludie Wallace, my friend, master of the rule. Absolutely. When I got on, so eight, I talked so to Ludie. And Ludie helped my opponent in the recall, by the way. I said, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to know the rules as good or better than you did. And like, Hey, that led to me be able to do some things that maybe shouldn't have been able to do, but for knowledge of the rules. And it's like, if you're going to be in a legislative body, know the fucking rules. Yeah. So how does the body know the rules? I guess the body should know the rules. And, and, and I'm not picking on anyone. Um, and you may have seen this one meeting where, the rules had to be researched. So we're researching our own rules so that we know our own rules. <laughs> makes, I saw it. It, it, it makes it, it makes no sense. And and to to the to the community, it goes back to it makes us look like we really don't know what we're doing. I mean, I saw that at the state level too. We're like in the middle of a the hearing they're like what is are we allowed to do that do they adjourn do we do that should we do that do they they recess (laughs) so here's ultimately because i don't know well that that you're getting into another issue there i know you're getting and i'm talking to tonight and i'm optimistic too. you're getting into the 41st council member yeah let's talk about the 41st council member he's trying to get it down to 20 (laughs) that's another conversation too that's where i want to go with this technically it's 39 technically yeah Right now, because of Steve, Steve Glover. Steve Glover, uh huh. But ordinarily, when that's when it's full, forty members, we have a forty-first council member. And who is the forty-first council member? That's the vice mayor. 
I would disagree. Who you? Who is it? The council attorney. <laughs> I walked into that one. <laughs> That's advised by the council attorney. Yeah. And what the body doesn't understand is it should not give two shits what the council attorney says. The body decides the rules. The body puts them in place. If the body doesn't like the ruling of the chair, in this case, the vice mayor, it can challenge the chair, challenge the chair. So the opinion of the council attorney on what the interpretation of the rule is does not fucking matter. Use the power you have. Don't cede it to an attorney. That's all I'm saying. That's a great point, Jamie. But if you don't know your role, you wouldn't you wouldn't know that. I had to learn early on um, in in my term that 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 there was a relationship. You know, when you're filing your legislation, that there was a, a relationship, and it shouldn't be that there was a relationship because I'm ultimately the council attorney's client, right? But there was this, this relationship, kind of casual. If I'm speaking to you about some, some legislation that you need to run that by, by the executive branch. So I learned early on, like for, for certain things, I knew, and it's unfortunate, that I could not go to the council attorney for advice and guidance. I had to rely on other friends outside of the council. So I'm going to go to some practical uh, information here then, because Jamie, you talked about when you got on the council, you're going to go, look, I'm just going to learn. This is the attorney inside of you that says, look, I'm going to know critical thinking, critical reading. I'm going to know every single rule inside and out. So try to tell people uh, to make when you get on the, you get elected 2015, you get on there, how uh, trying to learn all that stuff, putting in the effort to actually do that, can you give people a sense of the scope of that? Like, what does it take? Is it trial by fire? Is it just that they're not giving you a handbook on this, right? And not just not like, at all. So like, how, what is that process actually like for someone? So I'll, I'll, sh- I'll share mine. Um, it was a lot of meetings with, with the department heads, not questioning their process, just understanding how, how, how their shop ran. Meeting with department heads, Asking them those historical type questions, you know, going all the way back to the dean administration when a lot of departments, a lot of departments budgets were were cut due to, you know, the the recession at the time. So just going back, um, getting that historical knowledge, um, understanding the, the challenges of when we when we shave off a dollar here, a dollar there on their on their budgets. How does that um, how does that impact the, the delivery of, of service? But if you're not a reader, if you're not a reader, um, being a Metro Council member isn't isn't for you. Yeah, everything everything is in is in the details. So it's a it's a lot of a lot of reading. I took my weekends to read through the agenda items and the the analysis. I, I just always wanted to, to be to be prepared as best as I could for the for the upcoming meeting. But it's a lot of it's a lot of lead work. Um, we've seen a lot of turnover in departments. So you 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 see um, just the shift in dynamic in, in the leadership. But the how the how the wheel turns didn't didn't change didn't right. change a whole lot. So if you get those basics down, I, I think that's what makes you makes you a great council member. And I don't know if you can be successful. Well, yeah, you can because Jamie just answered that. You know, just this climate that we're in, you can be reelected without mastering those those basics. But you're gonna be up there not knowing what the fuck you're talking about. So does some of these problems change? I don't like how it was put on us, but does some of these problems change in, if, if we have 20 districts instead of 35? Now you jumped out of uh, the microphone and Metro National Network conversation. You want to talk about that? <laughs> the network itself? <laughs> no, about how the microphone 
and the fact that it's recorded, live streamed, and put on YouTube later, and what impact that has on someone's willingness to stand up and give a speech on something. High volume from the same people, uh, no matter the subject. Well, why are they saying them? Because especially on you know controversial, consequential votes, everybody, when they get at the conclusion of the prayer, everybody knows how they're going to vote on something. Nobody's going to be persuaded by some great oratory. Not at all. And, <laughs> and matter of fact, that oratory might have a boomerang effect and put somebody that was really on the fence to the other camp. Because one of my mentors, when I was on there, said, whatever you do, find one. And if you really have to, two, but try to stick to one subject matter and become an expert on it. And the only time you rise to speak is when that subject matter that you're an expert on has entered the chat. Then you stand up and speak on it. Then people will listen. Otherwise, it's just bullshit. And it's not persuading anyone. Some basic facts need to get in the record, sure. But some of the shit I'm seeing more frequently now is from the same people. They're expert on every single subject. Bullshit. Expert on bullshit. And, you know, then they'll go home. They're saving it, you know, clipping it out, putting it out on social media. Here's what I said, yada, yada, yada. I'm a defender of democracy. I'm hearing that shit all the time. It's like at no point in time was democracy in the state of Tennessee at risk of being lost. There was a in the traditional sense. There I've was, taken there was, an oath to serve this country, and we don't even say that. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's just go ahead, pull pull, pull the scab off. <laughs> there was no question the night certain members of the House of Representatives were expelled that they were going to be put back. There was a process; it was in place, established. And it was automatic. And I've seen some people tout it as their greatest legislative accomplishment in the past four years. And it's like, what the fuck are we talking about? The reason they're talking about it is because they want to signal to somebody that, hey, vote for me because I did this. What the fuck? You didn't fucking do anything. Nothing. The process was already there. Okay. And it worked. (laughs) Is there any element of either of you two that... The, the the I don't even know how to ask this. Pie bless Nashville. <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly how I wanted it to be said. <laughs> I, like there are so this is what I this is what I struggle with with noise, with noise in our in our conversations. Oh, that's good. I struggle with noise because you got to find the right noise that actually matters to a group of people, and then you got to figure out what noise to block out. And I personally like I spend time personally trying to do that. I understand, you know, a, one person standing up for one particular issue, feeling that this is the thing that's that's coming for them because they are being bombarded with information from God knows where when somebody is, is there a question. In there? No, this is, this is a conversation. It's the conversation. And you can tell me if I'm acting like an idiot here, it's fine. I am trying to work through the noise as a non-expert and figure out, all right, what are the issues that people are concerned with in a viable way, in a real way, versus what is the noise? They're they're concerned about their neighborhoods, their schools, their roads, their trash getting picked up. Um, if they have to call the police, the response times. If they have to call um, the fire department, the the, the response times. It always goes back to knowing knowing your role, and I'm not saying that the issues on the on the federal on the federal level on the state level are not important. That's not what I'm saying. Right. You know, when you're elected, you keep a a pulse, you keep your finger on it, but that's not that's not what you were elected to champion. I'm champion. Pick this fucking trash up. <laughs> we can't go two weeks. I'm champion making sure that 
we have great sustainable neighbor, neighborhoods so that we can attract the small businesses to, to the area. That's not the state's role. Um, that's not the federal government's role. That's, that's us locally. We have to make sure that we are focused on cultivating the communities that, that, we, that we so often say in, in stump speeches. And it's not sexy work, right? No, like it's, like CNN and MSN and MSN, they're not coming to interview me right. because I got a sidewalk for J.E. Moss. They're just not. Right. Right? But if you, if you need that type of accolades and you need that type of publicity, being a Metro Council member isn't it. Gotcha. It's, it it really is not it's not it. And we're unique because we're in the capital city and a booming city, and there's a lot of news media here that otherwise, you know, you wouldn't get and you, or you don't get in Wilson County, or right? Sumner County, well, or even Williamson County. Strangely enough, we're a hub for national media companies as well, yeah. which doesn't help. And to your point earlier of forty people that are not in the council and have no titles and just hanging out, we probably agree. It's kind of the middle, which is where I am, and I think it's where the majority of folks that that live in Nashville are, is being hollowed out. Mm-hmm. The, the middle of the bell curve. Yep. Right. It, it's it's matter of fact, this council race is shaping up to be for the purposes of hollowing it out. You know, it's Democrat on Democrat. I think you know, starting with the the right did it earlier. You know, I can't remember the name of it, but they were the anti-tax crusaders. And now they've moved further to the right. You're talking and, about the national group? Yeah. The, Tea Party? The Tea Party. There yeah, you go. Yeah. The The old GOP doesn't exist anymore. Or the old Democratic Party is starting to not exist anymore either because you've got, you know, established progressive candidates who are being challenged by people who are further to the left. And so the question we have that is that good for Nashville? Because we got a, we have a far right state. So we want to have a far right, you know, at least from the legislative branch is concerned. So, Oh, the answer to that is we need to go farther to the left locally. And there's a lack of recognition of the asymmetrical relationship between local government and state government. If they want, you know, a, a metropolitan form of government exists solely due to Title Seven of the, the Green Books, Tennessee Code Annotated. If they want to delete Title Seven, they can do so. You sure you want to say that out loud? We all know it. <laughs> <laughs> but hold up, hold up. I'm not telling them something they don't know. Some of right. us. Some may not know what Title Seven is, but some some of us do 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 know that, and that's not to say that um, you you lead with that hanging over over your head. You still got to do you still got to do 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 your job. To Jamie's point, and, and I, what when what I hear him saying is that we have two extremes. You got the far right extreme. And you got the far left extreme. And uh, a lot of people don't identify with either. I, I agree with you guys both. I would say that there's a bell curve, right? Like yeah. you, the bell curve, the most of us are in the middle, generally speaking. We lean a little bit this way or a little bit that way on whatever it is we're talking about. I, I do not, <clears throat> excuse me, I do not like the equivalency of the implications of those ideologies being the same. I think they're very different. Uh, but, I agree, but they're common in one respect. But they, you, they lead to lack of productivity. It regardless. demands purity. Yeah. You have to have, be pure 100% if you vary on one point. I, I agree. They will cut your it's, throat. It's the test. I, get, I, I totally agree with you guys. I, I, I want to be clear to people, though, that the implications of those two ideologies are extremely different. Like one leads to violence, <laughs> people getting hurt, and children committing suicide. And like, that, like let's not let's... – I agree with what you guys are saying, and your point is right. 
it leads to lack of productivity. You can't do your job. We can't get things accomplished. Lack of engagement. Lack of engagement. It leads to the state and the local having this relationship we've had. There's no, I'm not disagreeing with any of that. I just want to put the, the caveat out there that the equivalency of the implications of the two extremes is not the same, in my opinion. I just don't, sure, there, there's the purity test happening on the left. I totally agree with you guys. And it's it leads to lack of productivity and it leads to all the things we're talking about. But it does not lead to mass violence. It doesn't lead to the things that the other extreme can lead to in, broadly, in general. That would be my only caveat to that. January 6th. <laughs> just, I'm just saying, I'm just, I, again, we, we talked about this two episodes ago, gender affirming care, like kids are committing suicide at 56% rates in that group of people. That is not the same implication as, Hey, you're not woke enough or whatever, like whatever word you want to use. Like they're, they're not the same implications, but it leads to the problem we have. I don't know how we solve it. Again, I go back to 20 people <laughs> is going from 35 districts to 20 districts, a way to solve some of these problems. And then I, we have to give people solutions to this, and that is to be engaged in the process, to study your council district race, and to hold your council district people accountable. I don't know what else there is unless you guys can offer some advice to the listeners and say, look, this is how we solve some of these problems. I mean, Council District 26, it was a challenger facing an incumbent, challenger one. This time, no challenger to that incumbent. Again, I mentioned Council District 24, and I know it's been, you know, lines have been redrawn, but no challenger there. And that's normally been the most expensive race in the council, which speaks to the point of, hey, y'all want to cling to 35 districts? Well, 12 of them have no challenger. Hey, maybe 20 is not bad. Well, what, what could 20 do? that 40 can't well the common refrain from the current council is like oh the mayor's got too much power he can do whatever well that's because y'all hate each other and you let him is a 20 member council gonna attract a higher quality candidate that has maybe signed the front of a check before not just signing the back of a check are they willing to you know risk because because when you become a candidate and i respect anybody that puts their name on a ballot right right like because one thing you do, whether you do it knowingly or unknowingly, is you have signed up for anybody to say whatever the fuck it is they want to say about you. <laughs> <laughs> and there is no legis- uh, there is no judicial recourse for that. Sorry, Michelle Foreman. <laughs> you, you do realize that when you work in sports media, like that's the job, right? Just, like, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. You, you're going to take some shit. Yeah. And it. Whether it's accurate or not is not relevant to that conversation. So I respect somebody willing to do that. But if you're you're rushing to join a 40-member body versus a 20-member body, I think you're going to get a better quality candidate. What do you say? I think ultimately we would end up with, with better governance. Um, I was looking at it. I, of course, you know, I was concerned about representation, minority representation, like what that what that would look like. But then when you when you peel it back and you start looking at um, some of some of the minority districts, some of the minority districts aren't necessarily heavily mi- minority anymore. They're meeting they're meeting that that legal threshold, but it's not it's not what it was. Let's say let's say a decade ago. There's a number of factors you hear people say about the the affordable housing and and opportunities. I don't I don't know the why as it relates to the minority population population declining. For for me, in having well still serving in the world, it's it's about the 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 governance. We can't continue to to raise property taxes and the city. The citizens are still getting this this level of service that that they're getting, and what I mean by that, your trash still may or may not get right. get picked up. You go to a convenience oh, center. Oh, oh hey, 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 <laughs> potholes. There's a we we had a garbage problem recently, which was a a failure of the contractor, mm-hmm. who I won't name, but everybody knows the name. <laughs> 
and that wasn't a new phenomenon that that had been bubbling up for before COVID before COVID Mm -hmm. and shock they ultimately failed and so the city the city entered into an emergency contract they put it out for bid three entities bid I think two were awarded that contract is currently up for amendment an increase 433 percent mm-hmm. from a seven million dollar contract to a 42 million dollar contract mm-hmm. and it's going to be approved by resolution mm-hmm. is there going to be any debate on it i mean like how it, 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 and it's not out for bid again no nope. it's one of the one of the awardees of the original contract it's called they got you by the balls <laughs> like hey does nothing happen between the original award and now to improve it? Or are we just going to give all our money? Because what we hadn't talked about was the transfer of waste management to the water department. Who's not exactly knocking it out of the park these days. It takes four to six months to get plans through the water department and stormwater and NDOT before you can get a building permit. What's going to happen in the next few years, at least in the urban services district, in your, what are you going to start seeing in your water bill soon? Let me see. Um, <laughs> they're not going to go down. You're going to, there's <laughs> going to be a, a, a line tra- item on tra- there tax. for <laughs> trash collection. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to increase the contract 433%. And very, very soon, next mayor is going to have to put it in there. You're going to start paying for garbage collection. Yeah, and, and, and I know I'm laughing about it, Jamie, but that's one of those things that's going back to, to, to governance again. That should actually be amplified because you're going to, the citizens are actually going to see that every month or whatever the cadence would be for, 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 the, billing, for the billing cycle. When we increase stormwater fees, again, a lot of people... We just we just didn't amplify. You know, Metro Water said they did these community wide community wide meetings. The fee increase was was needed to help um, us put a dent in some of the backlog for for stormwater maintenance and 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 so forth. A, a lot of communities are still not seeing uh, the benefit of that increase on their bill. I say that to say, trash tax, trash fee, or whatever you want to call it we're still going to have this, the same problem as it relates to collection. One of the issues is, is just mobility. Like, I can be out in Southeast, and I swear to God, pot bless Nashville, I can see, I can see a trash truck at 8, 9 o'clock at night leaving the transfer, um, the transfer center. So the, the mobility, which no one is, is really talking about, maybe we need to explore you know, these, these routes for the trucks. Um, I don't really know what, what the solution would be, but that, that fee is not the solution. More money really isn't the solution. We, we know that. We, we increase stormwater fees. We, shit, we're still flooding. We get a heavy, heavy rain. So, um, oddly, none of the mayoral candidates are talking about this. I don't find it odd because <laughs> they, they've, they've had a hundred fucking forums and nobody's talking about this shit. Well, it, it, but you, like, but you you're going to, we're, we're going to feel that. So you quit picking up my garbage. Right. You increase my property taxes. Yep. 34%. Good government. Now you're taking some of that 30, some of that property tax increase and you're increasing the contract 433%, and here very soon, you're going to start charging me for my garbage? Yep, you better believe it. What the fuck it. are y'all doing? <laughs> like, you better believe it. Can you fuck this up 10 ways to Sunday? Yes, we can. Boom. So what What you guys are, as, as, a non, as the only non-council member here, I just, what you're saying is when the contract is signed and we solve the problem with the two bids and it's signed, that it should be top of mind right then and there for a 40-person council to start working on solutions? Now. Someone. Now. Someone. Anyone. Now. I'm, I'm saying two years ago. Yeah. Yes. 
like when the second you sign that first deal, we're to, saying to, the same thing. Okay, all right. I just want to make. I just, I just making sure. Two two things you got to do every day. Yeah, you got to pick up the trash and you got to fill the potholes. And if you're not doing that, regardless of the political persuasion, because there's a lot of people out there think it doesn't matter what brand you are, what team you're on, red or blue. You're you're fucking up. How do how do I know? There's a hundred fucking potholes on 16th <laughs> between Shelby and Eastland. That's how I know. Feel better? He didn't report it to the hub. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> uh, correct. I did not. I called somebody directly on their phone. You do like talking on the phone. You talk on the phone more than anybody I know. It's part of the job, Braden. <laughs> I'm good with communication. Communication is good. It's important. Yeah, but if you're, you know, want to hire me as a lawyer, we never talked before. You have to pay a two hundred fifty dollars consultation fee. I just launch a sh- podcast with you. Payable on Venmo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Danica, is That's there anything? Is, it, is, there, is there anything else for you at the future? I, I'm going to cut you off. All right, you're a former budget chair. Yes. And back in the day. You used to have a three-ring binder. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I'm not sure y'all still have that anymore. But as soon as I got there, I started reading it. Mm -hmm. I read it front to back. And along the way, I asked questions of Charlie Tiger, who was then a second term at large. He was in his 15th and 16th year serving on the council. He's an accountant. Love Charlie. No, a lot of people don't like him. I like him. He gives it to you straight. I would ask him questions. Along the way, hey, Charlie, what's this? What's this? He said, who the fuck are you? He said, I've been here 16 years, and you're the first motherfucker to ever ask me a question about what's in that book. I say all that to say this. How many of your colleagues are reading the budget? 4%. (laughs) (laughs) She's sticking the landing, Braden. 4%. Oh, yeah. It's like and, that, and, that's the job. The Jamie, job has no sex appeal whatsoever. At all. Has no Twitter appeal. Has no like appeal. Nothing. The job. You're not reading the budget for the RTs? <laughs> I mean, in order to know what's going on in the city, you got to know that budget like the back of your hand. Yeah. And if you're not doing that, why are you there? It's to vote on things that come your way. And, you know, Michael Craddock and I always talk like, well, what are we doing to advance the ball uh, ahead of an issue instead of waiting on the crisis to come? And, right. And no, Trash is one of those. Yeah. What, what's being done about that? Which is going to keep ballooning. Like, I, I know we all know this, but the city hasn't stopped growing. People it takes are four to six fucking months to get a building permit. Yeah. And we're not picking up the trash. I'm going to just build anyway. <laughs> But that's a whole other conversation, too. <laughs> You'll wind up in kangaroo court if you do. <laughs> I pay. I pay it. <laughs> see, see episode one. Well, it's also another thing we don't <laughs> talk. Kangaroo about, court. Another thing we don't talk about in that dipshit referee in that kangaroo fucking court it's it. is that does she know it's the environmental? Is that what she? <laughs> my guess. I don't call it by name. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. My guess is she might know what I'm talking about. Yeah. He also euthanizes dogs with abandon at the request of the metropolitan government. Nobody fucking talks about it. I've never read a story about it. The referee euthanizes dogs, orders it. What the fuck? You're, you're, wait a second. You're saying, so again, if you don't know and you haven't listened to our first episode, go check it out. You're telling me that, that as part of the, that entire story, that he can just order you and your property to, to, to put down a dog. Correct. Do you have a dog? I do. If your dog, so you're walking your dog down the street. You're saying in the same ballpark as like my grass is too tall. Yes. yes. I got a boat in my front yard. Yes. And it, that guy can kill my dog. Yes. Jesus. Let's say you're walking your dog down the street and he jolts away from you and he goes and has a little nibble on your neighbor across the street's dog and let's say it does nothing no history of violence with your dog nothing right right it puts a little nibble on the dog's ear like dogs tend to do and if that neighbor calls animal control animal control 
issue a warrant, pull you in environmental court, and he will order mm-hmm. the euthanization of your dog. 100%. Your poodle is vicious. <laughs> mine's, a, mine's a Tennessee brown dog. <laughs> Got to do it. Boom. Out of here. See you later. Uh, how's, the, uh, how's the process of getting rid of that, that kangaroo court coming over there, big guy? <laughs> well, it's going to take yeah. legislation at the state because apparently no one at the council, particularly in election season and when some other thing, you know, because I don't know if you know this or not, Braden, these council members, they're tired. They think a four-year term means you quit at three years and ten months because they need the next two months to rest. They cannot have too many debates. And we are debate limited right now, so we're going to pause because <laughs> they're tired. They're tired. Okay. They're tired. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to wrap up this conversation. <laughs> I, I've done this for 20 years, wrapping up conversations, and I don't know how to wrap up this conversation. Let's talk about the good wood. Uh, That's how it is. <laughs> No free shout outs. How can I just no say, free shout outs? Can I just say thank you to Nika for coming in and hanging out with us? No, I love this. I'm that? I'm having a blast. Like I, I I feel great when we can have this dialogue. You know, you, you your your opinion is your opinion. You know, we just chopped the shit up. So I'm I'm really I'm really enjoying it. Is there anything we didn't ask you that you would like to tell us about? I, I that think we're missing. This, I think this next this next um class is going to be um, really interesting, and it would be an an understatement um, if I didn't say that I'm I'm concerned. And I say that just because of just just all the dynamics and at, at play with with some of these some of these candidates. On that positive note, <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's like, no, 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 hold on. Yeah, no. Well, I'm not. I'm still gonna be here. Are you surprised? You're you're not running for at large. No, I was tired. <laughs> well, you got three meetings left. I do. Is the word? Yeah. Uh, so I guess no. Depending no, on when you're listening, no business. <laughs> no business can be done in these last three meetings, right? Everybody's tired, but a four hundred thirty-three percent increase in a contract for garbage collection. But apparently that can be done by resolution. Yeah, I mean business business will be done. The the quality of it and will be is is to be determined. Yeah, but that contract will be I don't see that being put um punted to the next class. Yeah. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be approved. I mean, they they have the city by the balls. There's no um, no contingency in in place, and with it being not just an election year, and uh, and I'm saying this, I haven't spoken with the mayor about this, but I would like to think he's trying to really go out on a good note, without any else, anything else going to shit before before he's out of out of office. It'll pass, <laughs> <laughs> with or without debate. It's not going to be a whole lot. I mean, that would what you're going to see is the the theatrics of it, like debate. At this point, I can see a director coming and saying, "Oh my God, we got to have it." Yeah. If we don't do it right now, oh my yeah. God, it's going to cost ten million more, twenty million more, thirty yeah. million more. Yeah. Absol- oh my God. Absolutely. Yeah. Your yeah. your lack of planning created our urgency. Yeah. And. Yeah. Um, you know, as a council member, do you want to take that risk? Like, that's always the question. You know, when you get that type of information from a department head, because they double down, too. Like, I've doubled down on my 4% landing. They, they, they double down. They double down as well. Not saying that is, um, is not accurate, not accurate information. But when it's, when it's coming to us at, at this juncture, do you want to take that risk of it possibly being being more? Well, once upon a time, mm. a mayor hired a lobbying firm through competitive bid. I think it's about $250,000 a year for five years, ostensibly to lobby the Tennessee General Assembly. 
money well spent, best I can tell. But later on... Yeah, we used to get reports. We don't get them anymore. Later, <laughs> later on, they increase that contract 50%. Ostensibly, for so that law firm could lobby in D.C. I went and checked. Had that lobbyist ever registered with the House or Senate clerk before in their life? The answer was no. Wow. But it corresponded with the letter from the same law firm with a lawyer out of Memphis to say that the district attorney had a conflict of interest in prosecuting the former mayor. But hey, so it's ha- passing these contracts, exorbitant contract increases without debate, without anybody paying attention. Happens regularly. All, I, I want to say hang thank on, you. Hang on. All of the council members' emails are linked in the show notes. I want to say thank you for your service. Oh, uh, Jamie. Yeah, I appreciate you. Oh, we're going to end sentimentally? I like that. <laughs> I, 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 I like that. I appreciate you very much because I, I know the work that's involved in doing it, you know, without tweeting about it or whatever the latest fucking outrage machine t- tells you to hit <laughs> Elon's algo. Uh, not being addicted to that, but doing the hard work and representing your constituents, and I appreciate you. Thank you so much. It, it means a lot um, coming coming from you, Jamie. It really it really does. And thank you for coming in and being patient with us. Hey, y'all got to have me back. Uh, I, I'm having this please is, please this come is, back. This is this is a ball. Uh, I've I got like a million education questions I want to ask you. So have, have me back. We'd lo- I, we'd you told to her you, you were going to talk about I, that. Well, and guys, what happened to you? Well, we're like an hour and ten minutes into the show here. We, <laughs> we ain't got any time for that. So and and it's a good excuse to have you back. So. Yeah, and I gotta go pee. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. <laughs> thank you all for listening uh, to Naked Virtue, everybody. Jamie Holland, Braden Gall, thank you guys all for listening and hanging out. We'll talk to you guys soon. This has been Pod Bless Nashville. Thanks. Pod you. Bless Nashville. I'm here. For the wood. There's the the sailor. There's the sailor. Jamie. I thought you were engaged. (laughs) I'm getting married July 22nd. There's a big big, big rock right there. I'm getting married July 22nd, Jamie. This is your official invitation. I have some in the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you do. (laughs) I do. All right, you guys ready? (laughs) I might leave all this in. He's, we're ready. We're ready. Coming down. Three, two, and one.